Hello there, and welcome to my corner of the graveyard. Death is both saddening and fascinating. We all wonder what happens after we die, but do we ever really learn as much as we can from the information we do have? It's like they say, your body is a temple, except this temple does some seriously strange things. Like using your own digestive juices to eat yourself. No problem. Getting an erection when you're hanged to death. It really does happen. Death is very fascinating. A human head remains conscious for about 20 seconds after being decapitated. So don't lose your head. There has long been an argument against the concept of consciousness following decapitation. Some believe that the movements seen in the face are the results of the voluntary muscles that control the lips and eyes, or merely in spasm after a sort of short circuit, or from a relic electrical activity. This is likely true for the rest of the body, but the head has its own distinction of housing the brain, which is the seat of consciousness. The brain receives no trauma from a clean decapitation, and may therefore continue to function until blood loss causes unconsciousness and death. Exactly how long a person can remain conscious after decapitation remains debatable. We know that chickens often walk around for several seconds after decapitation. A Dutch rat study suggests a length of perhaps 4 seconds, and other studies of small animals have found up to 29 seconds. This in itself seems a horrid length of time for such a state. Now take a moment to count off 4 seconds while you look around the room. You'll likely find that you can take in quite a bit visually and orally during that time. Both King Charles I and Queen Anne Boleyn are reported to both have shown signs of trying to speak following their beheadings. When he spoke out against the use of the guillotine in 1795, German researcher S.T. Somering cited reports of decapitated heads that have ground their teeth and that the face of one of the decapitated people grimaced horribly when a physician inspecting the head poked the spinal canal with his finger. Perhaps most famously was a study conducted by a Dr. Brios in 1905 of the head of an executed criminal, Henry Linguil. Over the course of 25 to 30 seconds of observation, the physician recorded managing to get Liguil to open his eyes and undeniably focus them on the doctors twice by calling the executed man's name. This is what is most disturbing about the concept of consciousness remaining after decapitation. You may feel pain and experience fear in those moments before death. This has been reported in a number of cases where consciousness appeared to remain following decapitation. Most recently, in 1989, an army veteran reported that following a car accident that he was in with a friend, the decapitated head of his friend changed facial expressions, first of shock or confusion, then to terror or grief. At the basis of our conscious experience are chemicals called neurotransmitters. These chemicals generate electrical signals that form the means by which neurons communicate with one another and ultimately form neural networks. When we stimulate these networks, we experience the physical sensations and emotions that make up our lives. We store these as memories to be recalled when the neural networks that store them are activated once more. To determine whether decapitation 
A common method of euthanizing lab rats is humane. The researchers connected an EEG machine to the brains of rats, decapitated them, and then recorded the electrical activity in the brain after the event. The Dutch researchers found that for about four seconds after being separated from the body, the rat's brains continued to generate electrical activity between 13 to 100 hertz frequency band, which is associated with consciousness and cognition, defined as a mental process that includes thinking. This finding suggests that the brain can continue to produce thoughts and experience sensations for at least several seconds following decapitation in rats, at least. Although findings in rats are commonly extrapolated onto humans, we may never fully know if a human remains similarly conscious after the head is lost. Unfortunately, future scientific observation of human decapitation is unlikely. So don't try this at home. Another interesting action that happens after death is when men experience a poking reaction after being hung in a noose. And I'm not talking about the fun we may have in the bedroom, but something else. What many people don't know is that the erection is a passive action. In fact, men that don't have an erection, the penis still makes an effort. The smooth muscles at the arteries at the base of the penis must stay contracted in order to impede the blood flowing to the penis. In fact, most aphrodisiacs, including Viagra, contain a chemical that relaxes these muscles. So it's no wonder dead people can have erections. A death erection, also named the angel lust, is a post-mortem erection happening when a man dies vertically or face down and the corpse remains so. When the body is dead, the smooth muscles at the arteries relax. In fact, they die. But this is not enough. The blood cannot enter the penis as the heart no longer pumps it, creating pressure for entering the penis vessels. In the dead body, only gravitation acts on the blood. This means that the blood accumulates at the lowest part of the body, provoking a swelling of the dead tissue. The upper located part of the body discolors, leaving the dead body's levitivity. In hanging cases, the blood enters the gravitation into the dead penis, causing an erection. So when a person is hanged, the blood will accumulate at its lowest part, the legs and feet. If the legs are filled with blood, the blood in the waist can cause an erection, entering the penis's erectile tissue. And as long as the blood is not clotted, the body must stay in that position to maintain a death erection. Death erection can also be provoked by traumatic death, especially asphyxiation, like in strangulation or hanging, being induced by an arousal in which, of course, has very little to do with sex, accompanied by the final spasms of the nervous system, and in this case, ejaculation may take place. Some link this to brain or spinal cord injuries caused by the noose, as priapism in living men has been associated with such conditions. On wartime, death erection made an excellent war trophy a method of humiliating the enemy by displaying their posthumous copulating organ. Hanged women, too, can present a correspondent to this, translated through engorged labia and vaginal discharges. Other rapid or violent deaths, too, can cause the angel lust, bullet wounds to the brain, or large blood vessels, or even poisoning can cause these. 
Speaking of poisoning, after we die, our bodies go on overdrive, producing gases and nasty bacteria that's not good for the soil. With all the focus on how we can reduce the carbon footprint in our lifetime, most of us forget that we can continue to have significant impact on the environment long after we die. Thanks to our toxin-riddled funeral industry, a team of designers has come up with a more eco-friendly option, a jumpsuit woven with mushroom spore-infused thread called the Infinity Burial Suit. Also known as the Mushroom Death Suit, the idea is that the mushrooms will begin to grow in your body once you've been buried, slowly digesting you while neutralizing any environmental contaminants you harbor, such as pesticides, heavy metals, or preservatives in the process. The suit relies on power of microremediation, which is the ability for mushrooms to clean up toxin contaminants in the environment. The details of their infinity mushroom strain is unknown, but they have revealed that they chose the strain by feeding a group of mushrooms their skin, hair, and nails to narrow down the most efficient decomposers for the job. That all sounds a little creepy, and the idea of being eaten by anything after death doesn't sit well with a lot of people, but there's a real need for better burial options. Right now, we have to cut down trees to make our caskets, which are then coated in chemicals so they'll last for centuries, taking up a whole lot of valuable land in the process. And before we even make it into the casket, our bodies are pumped full of toxic formaldehyde. Even cremation may sound more natural, but it isn't much better. With our bodies needing to be burnt at temperatures between 760 and 1150 degrees Celsius for 75 minutes, that's an incredibly energy-intensive process, but it also releases a significant amount of greenhouse gases and toxins into the environment. In the UK alone, for example, cremation is responsible for 16% of the country's mercury pollution, thanks to our old dental fillings. The mushroom death suit isn't the only way we can be more eco-friendly. Two Italian designers created a burial pod that turns your body into a tree, and the Urban Burial Project is working on creating open-plan funeral buildings where we can all decompose naturally. Whichever option people choose, the hopes are that the mushroom suit will help gradually change people's perspective on death in a way that gives back to the earth, but not in a harmful way. So even death can't stop us from making an impact. From science to being transformed into nutrients for the soil, you too can help the Earth live on. So hurry up and die. The world is counting on it. And that's my spooky fact. Thanks for walking over. <laughs>